Hi, welcome to A Look Behind and Rewind. I'm your host, Tom Nielsen. Well, folks, today we're going to prove that practice doesn't make perfect. Yes, that's right, you heard me. Actually, the subject of the day is perfectionism. And we have a few doozies in that department. First, let's make a little confession. When I was growing up, both of my parents were really invested in this whole perfectionism deal. You see, it was a requirement of their jobs. My old man worked as a management analyst for the civil service, and his job was to help the government make things run more efficiently, more smoothly. In other words, perfectly. And my mom worked for a large manufacturing company where her job as a quality control inspector demanded that she be on the lookout for manufactured parts that didn't measure up to their high standards. So she too was trained in making things as perfect as can be. And so naturally, both of them brought that perfectionist mindset home with them. So all of my schoolwork had to be perfect too. No matter how good it was, if it wasn't perfect, it didn't count. So when I went to school, I drove myself crazy with their extremely high expectations. Grubbing for grades was the name of the game, and I became an expert at it. But I made myself, my friends, and my teachers absolutely nuts in my pursuit of that impossible dream. Uh-huh. Very often, we'd even confront certain teachers and challenge them on the results of our multiple choice tests, arguing that a particular question had more than one right answer. After a while, I can recall one teacher at Linden High School who nearly gave up on multiple choice exams because we were so relentless in our pursuit of perfect grades. Now, if you think that's bad, let's fast forward to several years later when I was in college. I had one professor in the television and radio department who laid down the law on the very first day of class. As I recall, it was supposed to be a course on journalism and writing for television. My fellow classmates and I thought of ourselves as future Walter Cronkites, Edward R. Murrows, and Huntley Brinkley's. We're going to be following the footsteps of the finest journalists ever to walk the face of the earth. Or so we thought, until we entered the classroom that day and met our nemesis, Professor Dan Bolton. So Professor Bolton had us take our seats, and after everyone quieted down, he gave us all a steely gaze that sent shivers up and down our spines. Believe me, it was such a cold, unforgiving stare that was right up there with the meanest look a Marine Corps drill sergeant could ever muster. He hadn't even said a word yet, and we were all quaking in our boots. He let the icy silence settle in for a few more moments, while we all saw our lives flash before our eyes. And then he finally spoke. All right, ladies and gentlemen, some of you may think this class is going to be an easy A. Well, let me put that notion to bed right away. You're here to learn writing, and it's going to be the hardest job you can ever imagine. Some of you may not even survive the first week. You'll probably want to quit and go into some major that's a lot easier and less stressful, like nuclear physics or brain surgery. Okay, right there, with those cold, cruel opening words, he had us all by our throats. The tension in the room was now so thick, you could cut it with a chainsaw. 
Some students in the back were already paging through the course catalog looking for alternative classes. And I swear, one student actually got up out of his seat and walked out, muttering something like, I think I'm in the wrong class. Well, Professor Bolton went on with his tirade, plunging in the bloody dagger even deeper, watching the sweat appear on our collective brows. You think those foreign correspondents have it easy? They're out there in a war zone, right there in the trenches, dodging bombs and bullets, and their reporting has to be right on target. It has to be absolutely, positively, unquestionably perfect. And it has to be delivered right the first time. Their accuracy, their very credibility is at stake. And you don't get any second chances, people. That's the way journalism works. I was almost on the verge of pulling out the course catalog myself. But I just popped a tic-tac into my mouth and decided to stick it out. After all that experience back home with my perfectionist parents, I knew very well just how to stuff my feelings and carry on. Of course, there's still more to this story, but we'll get back to that in just a moment. First, let's fast forward a few more years when I began working at a small classical radio station in Albuquerque, New Mexico. It had been over 20 years since I'd last been on the radio in any kind of live capacity. So I was a little nervous over diving back in after so many years away. The technology had changed, the setting had changed, and I was now going to be doing a music program, which I'd never done before. Not only that, this was not a Top 40 or Oldies station, which I was much more familiar with. It was a classical station. And Lord knows, even though I had a passing acquaintance with a small number of favorite composers and their famous symphonies, I knew I was way in over my head especially when I had to pronounce the names of dozens of foreign conductors and composers whom I'd never heard of before. Well, regardless of those serious drawbacks, the radio station hired me anyway. I guess they were desperate. The position I was filling had been vacated by an announcer who had suddenly left them in the lurch with nobody around to fill his shoes. Now, given my struggles with perfectionism, this could have been a surefire recipe for disaster. But here's the amazing part. My boss, the program director, took me aside one day when he was correcting some of my recent mispronunciations and set the stage for what was to come. He said, Tom, don't be worried about the trouble you're having with some of these names. Actually, the truth is we want you to make mistakes. We firmly believe that this is the only way to learn. You have to make mistakes. It's just being human. And if you're not making mistakes, you're not learning. Wow. And from that moment on, folks, my life changed for the better. No longer was I so utterly obsessed with getting things absolutely perfect. I could finally relax and go with the flow. I had broken the chains of captivity that had been forced upon me by a culture that cared more about things than people. And it's a good thing, too. Because only a few days later, I was on the air doing an introduction for a very famous classical piece by the composer Maurice Ravel. Many people know it by its proper name, Bolero, but others are more familiar with the time it was used as a love theme in the movie Ten, starring Dudley Moore. Now here's how that went. It's a pretty cold night out there tonight in the uh, 20s or, or high teens. It's a 
I'd say it's probably a pretty good night to throw another log on the fire and snuggle up with someone special. Of course, here at KHFM, we always like to help you set the mood. So go ahead, light some candles, relax, get comfortable, and enjoy the music of Maurice Ravel. This is the Berlin Philharmonic, conducted by Pierre Boulet, in a performance of Ravel's romantic classic, Boulet. glitch in the CD player tonight, <laughs> so we're going to uh, go to something else here. We're going to uh, play a piece by Edward Elgar. This is Yes, that was truly an unmitigated disaster, brought on by some malfunctioning technology that had been acting up for days, but left unfixed by the station management because there wasn't enough time and money. <laughs> Isn't that always the case? Well, anyway... Thanks to the very enlightened thinking of my boss, the program director, who had been telling me not to worry but to go ahead and make mistakes, that little incident didn't result in any pink slips for me. My job was not on the line for that really embarrassing goof-up. Ah, if only more employers thought that way, we'd all be a lot happier and healthier. Yeah! But remember that other incident from college days that I was sharing with you earlier? You know, when the professor was acting like a marine drill sergeant and telling us all we had to be perfect? Well, the way that worked out was, I kept my nose to the grindstone in his class for what seemed like ages, trying to write perfect news stories and never, ever making any mistakes. Then one day, we had a special project that we all had to do, which was putting together an actual story, complete with music, announcers, sound effects, you name it. So this was to be a test not only of our writing, but also our tape recording and production skills. Of course, I poured my heart and soul into this project and ultimately turned it in and scheduled my in-person appointment with a professor to hear his one-on-one critique. I had been dreading that day for weeks. I was so terrified of him completely trashing the project and giving me an F in the course. And when I walked in his office and he closed the door behind me, I thought that I was going to be going down in flames for sure. But then, he took one look at me and exclaimed with a big smile on his face, Tom, that production was magnificent! I did not expect that. And then he went on to rave about it for what seemed like five minutes or more, pointing out all the elements of the production that he considered to be top-notch network broadcast quality. Network quality! Wow! Of course, I left his office that day walking on clouds. And from that point on, if there was such a thing as being a teacher's pet in college, I was it. In his eyes, now I could do no wrong. So it just goes to show you that even the toughest perfectionists do occasionally have a soft side. And it sure makes you feel a lot better knowing that you've lived up to their impossibly high standards. 
Of course, I would not recommend this to just anybody. In fact, after my experience at the classical radio station, I would actually go in the exact opposite direction. And just like my program director boss, I would urge any of my staff to go ahead and make mistakes. Because that's what being human is all about. Make your mistakes and learn from them. That's the important life lesson that I took away from all these experiences. You've been listening to A Look Behind and Rewind. I'm Tom Nielsen. See you next time. Hi, this is Tom Nielsen. If you enjoyed this podcast, you're invited to hear more of our episodes at A Look Behind and Rewind. And feel free to share our link with friends, family, and others, as well as following us on buzzsprout.com, Apple, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcasts.